Yo. Hey, what's going on, digger? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? All right. For those who don't know, this is my main man, Digger Jones, on the Real Talk of Ray John Show. Digger Jones may pop up and make an appearance every once in a while. He is my hip-hop and all-music all music aficionado. And uh, before we get started, Digger, I just want you to, you know, uh, introduce yourself. You know, I can't introduce you better, and you can introduce yourself so by, by me. Go ahead. All right. What can I say about me that hasn't already been said already? I am Digger Jones. I am a fishing auto in music. I am a producer. And other than that, I am a hip-hop head to the core. Yeah, man. So, me and Digger's known each other for quite some time now, man. We done hoop together. We done argued about sports. We done argued about music and everything. So, he's definitely going to be a key a key uh, person to look check for on Real Talk with Rajan all the time when it comes to this music thing. And other things as An well. An unbiased um, opinion. <laughs> Unbiased, definitely opinion, definitely. Um, one thing I wanted to talk to you about, you know, there's a lot going on with music right now. We just, we're just kicking this off, so I like to start off with the softball top so we can work our way up. Um, what do you think is going on right now? Who, who's hot right now? Who's in your tape deck right now? Who's not tape deck? Oh, who's the MP3 player right now? All right. I'll always go back to my top three artists, of my top three favorite artists at the moment. My favorite artist at the moment, of course, is Kendrick. Kendrick has a voice. Kendrick uses his voice to everything that it needs to be. Number two, we give it to Jermaine, J. Cole. J. Cole says what Kendrick doesn't in the voice that Kendrick uh-huh. won't. Uh-huh. Number three for right now is Logic. All right. I, here's the thing about Logic, though. I love Logic, but Logic is slipping in my radar for a little bit because... I'm not saying his last album was bad, but his last album was everything that I didn't want to hear from Logic. Uh-huh. So, those are my top three right now. My top three of all time, if you have time for that, we'll go ahead and say Scarface, Ghostface, you know it. and Ice Cube. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so, definitely, I mean, when you talk about your, the top three that's in your, in your MP3 player right now, like, we're talking hip-hop, that's, that's really my list right there, man. Uh, King Kendrick, man. What what can you not say? What can you not say about King Kendrick? You know, the kid. The kid came out of nowhere and and has destroyed the game. Here's what I love about Kendrick. I remember what was it when we first met. I was Uh like, Hey, look, you really need to hear this kid, Kendrick Lamar, and you haven't heard of him. Uh And Uh I always say what I always say to you. I said, Hey, look, call me back. Let me know what you think. You didn't get back to me until about a week and a half later, and you said, Dude, Kendrick. And that's all you said, and that's all needs to be said about Kendrick Lamar. Yes, yes. Section 80, man. Section 80 started it all for me. Like, when I heard, when you told me, Rajan, you got to check out Kendrick Lamar. First of all, if you give me a recommendation, I know that's somebody I need to go ahead and listen to right now. So I went ahead and put that Section 80 on that night. And I remember, before I fell asleep, I had listened to the Kendrick Lamar album three times. I listened to Section 80 three times, and I started listening to it, I think, at 11 o'clock at night. So right. I could not go to sleep. So I just, it just kept playing over and over and over again. It was seriously the illest thing I'd ever heard. Like, from a new artist, it was the illest thing I'd ever heard in my life. Um, I got chills listening to the dude on his first, like, major project. So it was illest. And do you know why that is, though? Well, I mean, because Kendrick respects, the, Kendrick respects the craft. Right. Hip-hop yes. is one yes. of the most unforgiven genres of all time. And what I mean by that is you have artists that you adore, like back in high school, everybody was listening to Ja Rule. When Ja Rule took a four-year break and didn't release another CD, who was listening? 
nobody because the thing about it is you catch the next wave and one thing that i enjoy about kendrick is he has the spirit of a veteran artist someone like a jv someone like a Nas. because the thing about it is they will not catch the wave 100 percent, but they find a way to make themselves relevant and yeah. one thing that I say about yeah. Kendrick is Kendrick has six major projects, um, six major projects, yeah. and not one of them sound the same. That right. When you listen to JD's first six, oh, go ahead. Uh huh. No, oh, go ahead. In that way, I think that Kendrick. In that way, I think Kendrick is definitely what gets to me about Kendrick is Kendrick is a lyricist with the he's a rapper with the heart of a like the heart of a jazz like like the heart of a soul singer but the 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 creativity of a jazz artist like and he's, he's all the best things of each like each like each form of music put together he, he's literally like like a, a, a freaking zord like when you take the zords on uh, a power ranger and you put right. those things together and you create this major this major thing that's what kendrick is to me you know, I like Cole, and I love Cole, but there's certain places that Cole can't get to that Kendrick can get to. Like Kendrick, of course. he sees every single angle in the game, and I love it. I love the way he goes at it. I love the way that he attacks music. I love the fact that when he goes on tour now, he doesn't perform the same song the same way twice. When of I heard not. that, I was like, this guy is a jazz artist. Like, that's a jazz artist mentality. If you heard Miles right, Davis, and- Miles Davis never played, um, um, you know, any song the same way twice, ever. Oh, no. Of course not. And one thing I want you to pay attention to is you can look at his performance on Ellen last year when he did These Walls. Uh-huh. Then he, the next night, he went to, oh, I forget the name of the um, concert hall. I, it wasn't Carnegie, but it was a major concert hall. And he did uh-huh. These Walls again. And the thing about it was yeah. there was no difference between him performing it in front of an orchestra or by himself because right. he had the same enthusiasm. Right. He changed up his vocal inflections, and the thing about it is, one thing that I do love about Kendrick, and you could say this about Cole also, is Kendrick knows a yeah. way to fill the crowd. Yes. And in, and as you know, in hip hop, yes. that's the most important thing because when you think about the grassroots of you know, rap, if the crowd wasn't rocking yeah. with you, nobody was. And he found a way, I mean, he finds a way, no matter what crowd he's performing for, no matter what artist he's being featured on, he finds a way to warm the crowd. Like, you look at something like Bad Blood that he did with Taylor Swift, and he didn't sound out of place. You look at the, you know, Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe remix that he did with Jay-Z, even though it was his track, it did not sound out of place, you know, him adding artists on. And one thing that I love about Kendrick is it doesn't matter who he's working with, he finds a way to mesh and gel with them, and that's important, in th- especially in this industry. Yeah, while not losing his, like, while not losing, like, he doesn't, he's not like, 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 he's not like,
one thing I want to say about him that I learning to appreciate about Cole as Cole is an artist is the fact that but doing it. You can tell when Jay Z trying to force a hit song. Because you also can tell when it's organic and it just comes. J. Cole had a history of doing that as well in his first few albums. You will put one or two songs out there and be like, okay, you trying to make a hit. You trying to get the get the radio play. Kendrick gets the radio play with songs like All Right. Like no nobody else would think that, that song would get airplay. He got a he got a hit he got a hit with a song like DNA. Made by any other artist wouldn't be a hit. But it's because Kendrick is so comfortable on who he is as an artist that he can pull it off in such a manner. But you, you know the thing about Kendrick though? You there? Ken, yeah, I'm here. But you know the thing about Kendrick though? Kendrick finds a way to yeah. even make a producer sound good. Like when I first heard that Kendrick was going right. to be working with Mike yeah. Will, when I first heard he was going to be working yeah. with Mike Will, I'm like, oh man, this isn't going to be great. And then when you hear DNA, I remember uh-huh. the night that the CD came out. When I heard DNA, the thing about it is Kendrick bodied the track like it was his own. You didn't even know it was a Mike Will production. Yes. Yes. And not too many artists yes. can do that outside of yes. Kanye West. No. Right, exactly. And that's, and that's the amazing thing about what Kendrick has become. I mean, it's crazy. So Kendrick has six projects, right? Yeah. Six yeah. projects more than Biggie has. Exactly. Six projects more than, than Big Pun has. Exactly. Like, this dude, he, this, he literally, he is legitimately, legitimately, legitimately already earning some pretty key spots in the game. Like, in the continuum of hip-hop. He, and here, here's the thing. Do you remember what Jay Z's six project was? Are you there? With great love. Right, you gotta say Jay Z's six project was the blueprint. Yeah. Yeah. Kendrick is already at Jay Z's status on his six project, but it only took him yeah. two albums. Well, three albums if you count Section Eighty. Well, no, no. Section 80 is actually his second. Because, um, oh God, what was it? Um, Overly dedicated. Yeah. So, this is Kendrick's blueprint. But but this is, uh, it's crazy that he's at the place he's at at such a young age. Like, I don't think, I don't think Kendrick's 25 yet. I'm pretty sure he's not 25. No, Kendrick, no, Kendrick's 29. He's 25. So at 25, 25, he's at the place that he is. I, I'm not sure. That's not what I want to say. As a matter of fact, I gotta Google that. And you know, yeah, look that up. And you know me, I'm I'm a guy that works on facts. Yeah, yeah. I could I could have sworn Kendrick was 29. Hold on, let me Google that. But you know, at the place that he's at, you gotta understand. Jay Z started at 20. What 25? Jay Z started. Jay Z got yeah. Jay Z got on at 25. Jay-Z got on at 25, and you got to understand, yeah. let's just say he is 25. All right, hold on. Kendrick Lamar is 30 years old. What? June 17th, 1987. He's 30. And I said 29. Dang, I didn't see that. Okay. So, All basically, right. here's the thing. Him and Jay-Z started at the same time, 25. You know, uh-huh. major label, 25. 
And look how much Kendrick has accomplished. And Jay-Z is who we know as the God MC. The living God MC right now. Say what? Jay-Z couldn't have got on at 25. You know why? Why is that? He says, I know I hate all girls, but arterial motives motives is why I'm 30-plus years old, no sons, no daughters. Jay-Z, that was was on volume one. That's and volume one was that's on volume released. one. That's the second and volume album. one was released eight months. Eight months after um eight months after Reasonable Doubt. So Jay was thirty when he got on. But what I'm saying is, look at what Kim, Kendrick accomplished, and look at what Jay's accomplished. Right. Yeah. Yeah. At thirty. Yeah. Like that's amazing. Like that. To me, Kendrick, like Kendrick Lamar, is legitimately. Like, trying to keep the pace that he's on. To me, and people may find this sacrilegious, and I'm pretty sure, because on the Anchor um, podcast app, people can call in and and, uh, leave questions or comments or whatever. But to me, this is where you start asking yourself, right? People love talking about Tupac. I think Kendrick Lamar actually is what people claim Tupac to be. Exactly. And here's the thing about Tupac that people don't realize. Do you not realize Tupac's first album was a brick? Okay. Okay. When you listen to Tupacalypse now, the thing about it was it was so unbalanced because you couldn't tell if he was a misogynist. Yeah. You couldn't tell if he was, you know, the street prophet. You couldn't tell what he was because he yeah. had no angle. Yeah. He really right. didn't have a good angle until Me Against the World. That's when he became what right. Hendrick is now. Somebody yeah. who was speaking on political projects. Someone who was telling about, you know, urban society. It was just like the guy right. on the corner kicking knowledge. And then yeah. he went a complete yeah. 180 when he released All Eyes on Me. Yeah. So the thing about it is you yeah. really couldn't tell who Tupac was, even at death. Yeah. You couldn't tell who yeah, he man. was. Yeah, man. And one thing yeah. about Kendrick is he makes that's, himself I mean, crystal clear. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, of course, Absolutely. of course, all the Tupac heads are going to come after me, but... You cannot tell me that All Eyes on oh, Me was a definitely. solid project. For uh-huh. someone who understands hip-hop and how hip-hop runs, you can't tell me that All Eyes on Me was a solid project. Because the thing about it was, it was too... In- I said. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. No, the thing is, what I'll say is, and I've said this, I don't think any artist should make a double album. Like I can't say that. In a, in a, in a, in a, I don't, I, there, there's one double album that I stand by for the rest of my life, and that is Songs in the Key of Life. Other than that, there's a lot of duds out here on these double albums and the double albums. I game, mean, and here's, here's the thing, there's though. A, Aretha a Franklin's, Aretha Franklin's Amazing Grace CD was incredible. And I've told you this before. Uh-huh. Songs in the Key of uh-huh. Life was needed But when it comes to hip-hop, hip, like I said, hip-hop is an unforgiving genre. The thing about it is we get bored too yeah. quickly. Very quickly, like, yeah. I agree. And, here's, and you give me slack on this, and I'll say this. E-40 is one of my favorite artists. He's in my top 20. Uh-huh. But when he released uh-huh. two to three albums in one day, <laughs> but when he releases two to three albums in one day, 
you start to have a short attention span because you can only hear E40 for so long. Well, the thing is, you only have so many thoughts in a day. Like, think of this is the problem. For you, whatever, no matter how well you talk about what you're going through in your life right now, uh-huh. that still all comes from one period of time. So at some point, it gets really monotonous. That's why artists' first albums are normally their best albums because you spend your whole life putting together the material. So when you get that first album, we're hearing all fresh new ideas from you. This is but your entire saying, life. So, so sometimes your sophomore so album supersedes. Oh, go ahead. No, but your first album, but your first album is the one that's your heart and soul. That's the one you spent your whole life writing. All right, what about my the, entire life writing this album? What about the case of a tribe called Quest? People's I'm not a Tribe Called Quest this, fan. We know this. Okay. Well, you got to understand, the Low End Theory, which is their second release, is regarded right. as their highest, you know, crowning project. You look at somebody like J. Uh-huh. Cole. In my opinion, Born Sinner ran circles around Cole's world. I agree. Circles. And but here's the thing. Kendrick, look at, look at who we were talking about. I mean, Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick, Kendrick yep. Lamar. Section 80 did laps around, um, what's it called, overly dedicated. Uh-huh. Sometimes you're not into your second but, CD until you find crap. a niche. And including your one of your right. favorite artists, that's, that's Jay-Z. Include one of your favorite artists, Jay-Z. You say Volume 1 is one of his best. Volume 1 is my favorite Jay-Z album. It's my favorite Jay-Z and album. And there you go. That's a sophomore it's, album. It's my favorite Jay-Z album. But it's a sophomore also, album. And most people will say late registration. Say what? People would take... He took chances in that album that I didn't like that he took, though. Because it was his second album... And because it, was, it wasn't me writing my heart now, I'm not writing my heart now. Now I'm trying to make a hit. So he put songs like Sunshine, and I know what girls like on it. Same I'm about to say, Cole. do you know why Cole he took that turn? Do you know why Jay took that turn? No, it wasn't because Biggie died. It's because who oversaw the album? Puffy. Diddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you got to understand... Jay-Z realized what Diddy was doing, and remember, Jay-Z kicked himself off the No Way Out tour because of it. Yeah. Jay-Z took himself off. But but what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that that first album, right, that is the album you've you've been working your whole life for, right? I agree. So you have your entire life to plan this music, right? So then if you go to your second album, let's say even your third, fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever album, you have a shorter period of time to to pull from experiences from your last album, and if you're good enough at your craft, I mean, if you if you put enough into your craft, you probably took a whole lot of your best stories to make sure that that first hit you, that first shot you got at at, at at doing it, you killed it. That second album, let's say you had a year, maybe two years. Nobody really takes two years. That takes two. That, that's too long for your first album. As soon as your first album is successful, they're like, oh, the course, I work on the second album. You start working on the second album, and you're pretty much coming from a standpoint of, oh, well, this was successful, and A, either I'm going to try to duplicate the same thing I did on the first album, or B, I don't know what I'm going to do, so I'm going to talk about how successful I am from the first album to the second album. And that's what people are like, okay, these are my experiences, right? These are my experiences. And now you have less to pull from. 
So now you take that same short, shorter period of time from whatever, from the first album to whatever album, and it's a double disc. So now you are multiplying the amount of times you're telling the same story. Because now instead of having 10 to 13 to 17 tracks, you got 36 tracks. Right. In 36 tracks, you don't, you don't have 36 different experiences to share. And even if you do, like, if you're a really, really good rapper and you try to, like, say, okay, well, each verse is going to be its own thing, well, cool. That's 36 times 3. All right. Remember when I moved to Here's the thing. Remember when I moved to New Jersey? Remember when I moved to New Jersey and I met Memphis Bleak? Uh-huh. You know what Memphis Bleak's whole theory about a double album was? And I'm going to say this in no. his voice. His whole theory about a double album, I'm, let me say this in his voice. Let me tell you why I never released a double album. I said, why is that, Blake? He says, because the thing about it is you water down something. Now, if you have soup and you add too many cups of water to it, it doesn't taste good no more. How can I stretch an idea right. out on two discs? Yep. Unless yep. it's a concept album, it's not going to happen. No, no, no. You know how it works? If you're a group who wants to make two solo albums, Outcast, the best double disc album ever to come out of hip-hop. Speaker box, The Love Below. Because you had two and, you know what? I can find artists you there. who wanted to show their difference. I they wanted to show there. their difference. So one guy got his own album, and one guy got his own album. And you put those two albums together, and you sell a double disc. And boom. Now, you're doubling yourself, and you're not stretching out your idea because it's two completely different artists. It's the only way it works. Other than that, you, you're replete, repeating the same ideas song after song after song after song. And it does be repetitive. I got so pissed off at Jay-Z because on um, the Blueprint, Blueprint two. Volume 2, he had the nerve to put to put the dang on um, Puff Up Duck Wild Side, Push Out Her Backside song two times on there like we didn't recognize the one was with Sean Paul and one was without. But it was the exact same right. song. He didn't even bother changing right. none of the lyrics. Just one had Sean right. Paul and one didn't. See, and here's that's the, thing. the stuff that happens when you're a rapper who makes a double disc. But here's you the get thing, Tupac talking for four and a half minutes to, on, a, on the phone to a girl who you can't hear on the other line. Or what's the phone number? You get these kind of things. No, I, <laughs> I will say one thing about what's your phone you're number. you're a rapper doing a double disc. Hold on, let me say one thing about what's your phone number, though. What's your phone number has one of the dumbest lines I have ever heard. The girl says, end quote, you know, me and my finger are getting acquainted. What question does Tupac ask afterwards? Well, how many you got? I don't remember. The average American has <laughs> 10 fingers. <laughs> you know what else happens when you got a rapper that does double disc? What's that? Player hater. Player hater oh. happens when you have a rapper that does a double disc. Things like this. Right, well, These are the things that happen when you have rappers. They're like, you know what, man? We got three more tracks to fill. Let's put something out there. All right. Well, run it. Let's, let's sing. Let's get Biggie and Puffy singing. For, for, but here's for the thing. A lot of, what a lot of people don't know is Big never got to oversee the final version of Life After Death. So I give Biggie a pass I, on that. I can understand. Yeah. I give Biggie a pass because he did not oversee the final project. I don't, I don't give Life Biggie a pass because they put it out, and it's a part of his catalog. That's why I don't give Biggie is, a pass. Now, what I do give Biggie a pass for is Born Again. I give him a pass for Born Again. Because I can't. 
he had no control over what they put out there at all. Like that, that's okay. The one well, I, I get what you're saying now. Born again, yeah. But like, no, like, life after death was pretty much done when Biggie died. It was, but remember, Biggie didn't oversee the final track listing. And if you ever listened to that interview that Faith had, Faith said, "You know what? Diddy just said, you know what? The album is complete. He didn't let anybody else listen to it." And he had Stevie J master it. Yeah. Nobody had creative yeah. input after Big's death except for Puff. But my point is that mm-hmm. if Life After Death was a one disc album, it would have been a classic easily. If All oh, Eyes on Me would have been a one disc album, it would have been a classic easily. If Blue Hold on, wait a minute now. It would have been a one disc album. Wait a minute. Yes, it would have. What songs are Take we taking away song. from All Eyes on Me? What songs are we taking? <laughs> What's your phone number? Okay, well, that was one of my favorite tracks for I the longest time. I start there. Okay. Thug Passion. Thug Passion is um, terrible. What's the one with the... Um, check out time. Check out time. Check out, check out time. Check out every check out song with the Outlaws on it. And the song... And the song that you're doing was Blasphemy on Machiavelli. Oh, yeah. I hated that song so much. That but here's song the thing, really though. Here's, but here's you, the thing, you though. Take ten songs, you take ten songs off. You got a classic album for Pop. I agree. I agree. Right, that's my and point. Change it, so, and change so, up some of the track listing. Yeah, and that's I agree. What, I agree. And that's so, one of my biggest problems with today's music. It's just like everybody makes tracks just to make tracks. The album has no validity. Everybody makes Dude, and this is something we're going to have to do with another topic about another time. People are making the exact same song. Like, it's, it's literally the same song. These Hoes Ain't Loyal is the exact same song as the Omarion song. Um, uh, what's the song? Got it? Oh, like, God. groceries? Oh, um, supposed to be. Like, that's the same song as, as supposed to be. Supposed to be. Loyal, and there's another one. And all of them, hey, oh, that song, Chris Brown, is the same yeah, song. Yeah, Chris Brown it's and the um, Tiger. same song. They're not even trying to mix it up on you anymore. It's like, we're going to make the same song, and you're going to love it. Like, it's not, you know, the, the same chord you know, structure. Do you know why that's being done now? Because if the album don't sell, they it can still go platinum. Because... If the album doesn't sell, they can still go platinum. If they got a hot single, we've made it That's where sound, you can yeah. just get that one song. Back in the yeah, days when yeah, we were buying yeah. CDs, we had to buy the whole album. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Now we just made it yeah, where, man. okay, Definitely. well, I only like three songs on a CD, so I'm only going to get the three songs I like. <laughs> right. And then on hey, top I'm of that, Apple, Apple I'm I'm you were just reading my mind. Apple Music made it easy where you don't even have to get the whole CD. You can skim exactly. through the first 15 right, seconds man. and decide if you like the song or not. Yeah. Like, yeah. we right. are so far gone yeah. from You're the right. days. We are so far gone from the days where you can sit there and go to the CD store and get the joy of taking off the cellophane and putting it in and listening to it for the yeah. first time. Yeah. Like, me yeah. and my best friend Adam, what we would do is every Tuesday, because CDs used to be released on Tuesdays. Every Tuesday, uh-huh. we would sit there and buy a CD, and me, Adam, and my little brother, Mark, we just sat there and we listened to it. And the thing about it was, 
in order to, you know, basically get a great feel for the CD, you had to listen to the whole thing. And then you would listen to it again yeah, man. to see if you got a different feel. Right. And everybody could remember yeah. their first time hearing, yeah. you know, the blueprint. Everybody can remember their first time hearing Nas's, you know, I am. Yeah. Hell, you remember yeah. your first time listening right. to Music Soul Child. You know it. And the thing you know about it. it is you had to buy the whole C D. Right. Right. And the yeah, and the thing about it was, right. you know, you could yeah. buy radio sing you could buy singles, but you know, <laughs> it wasn't the same thing because if you knew yeah. the single was jamming, you wanted to listen to what what else what else was on the album. Exactly. You're absolutely right, man. You just nailed it. I think that's a that's a good spot right there for us to end it. I just got home. Of course. I'm gonna get out of my car. But 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 this is something that we're gonna do a whole lot more, man. The the, the real talk with Rajon featuring Digger Jones segment is gonna be Hammer Bammer. Uh so make sure absolutely. to tune in, man. Check out for us. Um right here on the anchor podcast. Uh send us send us your questions. If you have some comments, questions, complaints, whatever. Shout us out, let us know what's going on. And we'd be, be glad to get back with you, man. Digger, thank you so much for being on with me, man. Oh, thank you for having me. All right, bro, I'm going to get with you. All right, later.